Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball. And if you want to be inspired, well, this episode today is for you. So get ready to be inspired because I am joined by Jeff Moffitt, a.k.a. The Rev or Reverend M. He is a disabled veteran and a pastor as well as a business owner. So, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Curtis. I'm glad to be here. Why don't you start off by giving the audience a little bit of background on yourself, maybe where you're from, how you got started in ministry, and anything else you might want the audience to know? Well, I'm a native of Knoxville, Tennessee. My mom and my dad migrated to Detroit when I was 10 months old. So all of my childhood rearing and education was uh, done in Detroit, Michigan. I joined the military at the age of 16. Uh, came on active duty at the age of 17, um, intending to do three years uh, and utilize the GI Bill to go to college. And the college of choice at that time was Michigan State, and I wanted to be an accountant. However, I just didn't know that my mom was going to go to lunch with the recruiter. Uh, And from that lunch, not even bringing something back for the five of us children, uh, that she would sign her name to sign me away to the military. And so I told them I wanted to be an accountant, but thanks to Staff Sergeant Owens, who I will never forget, he signed me up to be counting parts in a warehouse. So I guess that was his version of accounting. Anyway, I ended up staying in for 20 years and didn't actually do all, finish all of my college until after I retired in 1997. I started ministry in 1979. I grew up in the church And unlike many ministers and pastors that I know and in the circles all around the world, as a matter of fact, uh, nine out of 10 will say they didn't want to be a minister. They ran from ministry and God had to beat them up or give them some type of an epiphany. That wasn't the case for me as a child. I wanted to be a minister. And so when I acknowledged my call in 79, my prayer to God was, I want you, I'm going to pray for three days. I'm going to fast for three days. And I want you to tell my then pastor, give him an answer. And I'm not going to give him the question uh, to validate that. Indeed, it wasn't just Jeff that wanted to be uh, a preacher, but it was indeed the call he had placed on my life. And at the end of those three days, I told my pastor that uh, he needed to give me an answer without me telling him the question. And he did. And uh, I've been in the ministry every since. And I've said we've traveled around the world with the military active duty as well as a contractor. And I've passed in places like Germany, Haiti, Honduras, Afghanistan, actually more places overseas than than here in the United States. Um, so that's kind of uh, how I got to where I'm at as a, a pastor here. And I've been a pastor of historicals at a Missionary Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, now for 16 years. So let's talk about pastoring overseas. How's that different than pastoring in the United States, as well as you also work with churches without walls. 
So explain to everybody what that is, that how they, they might not know, and how you get to work with some churches without walls if somebody would like to do that. Okay, actually, the churches without walls was uh, by necessity in Haiti. I was uh, in Haiti for six months, and we literally had a pavilion uh, that was outside, uh, concrete and a roof, and that's where we had church on Sunday as well as Bible study during the week. Uh, and so it was by necessity. And so we had Haitians as well as military personnel from all over the world uh, and different walks of life and different services uh, that attended that, that, that particular service. Ministry Beyond the Walls in these days, especially during COVID, I believe started with the use of social media for services. And so we've been streaming or videoing and putting on uh, YouTube before we started the live stream uh, for for years now. And so I believe if a person wants to get started in that, it's just to do ministry the way that Jesus did it. If we look at Matthews chapter five, six, and seven, uh, we rarely see Jesus in the synagogues. We rarely see him in the synagogues, but we see him out among the community and not only his own culture, but in other cultures as well. And so you just have to get out where the people are to to do that. Now, my military, your, your other question was, how did I get into the military? No, it was, how is it different? Oh, yes, yes. Overseas and than the United States. Oh, Curtis. <laughs> Let me tell you that ministering overseas, especially in a war zone, and I want to hone in on that because ministering in Germany, ministering in Haiti was was different based off of the culture. But ministering in a war zone was totally different because here, again, you're dealing with people from from all over the world, all nationalities, all different types of religion. And the commonality that you have coming into a service is that you all face imminent danger. And so the level of worship, the level of camaraderie, the level of connection and the level of the need for God is so imminent that the experience is something that you, I've never experienced in the States uh, before going nor after uh, uh, post uh, the, the war. And it leaves a void, if I can tell you the truth, it leaves a void because it's, it's if I can use an analogy, when you get to a certain high, <laughs> uh, you, you look to get to that point again. And so, with worship overseas in a, in, a, in a war zone, that level of worship, that level of experience, that level of connection that you have, not only with God, but with the people that are around you and the commonality. When you come back to the United States, you just can't find it because you don't have that eminency uh, anymore. And so that's, I'm still working on processing that and recognizing that unless I go back to a war zone or we come into war here in the USA, that's an experience that God allowed me to have that I will probably not have again. And so that's a, actually that's a daily, a daily challenge to, to recognize that I'm probably not gonna get back to that point. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the current ministries that your particular church is involved in, you know, kind of tell us about your church, tell us how you get the message out in person, online, and all that stuff. Uh, well, I'm not a traditional um, 
Baptist preacher, and I believe my congregation has come to accept me for that. I grew up um, apostolic in the military because we moved so much. I worshiped uh, Pentecostal. Um, I worshiped uh, non-denominational. I worshiped A and B for four and a half years um, as a teenager. Uh, we had some experience with the Hebrew Israelites. And so I've had a kind of a, a, a rounding out of religion. Uh, but what we do at, at Hosanna, we call it HHNBC for short. Actually, we are forced uh, even before COVID to go strictly virtual. So we do a service online at um, 12 o'clock on Sundays, which is live on Facebook as well as on YouTube. And then we do a Bible study where we encourage critical thinking on Mondays at seven o'clock. Uh, the message that my message has evolved into a goal of re-educating our people from a Eurocentric theology to an Afrocentric theology, which can be found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which in Matthew 5 is the actual, what I call the manifesto of Jesus ben Yahweh, Yeshua, uh, for the reformation or the uh, reforming of Judaism into what was what was called um, the way. And so he declares that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and those who followed him were called followers of the way. And then around somewhere in the three early 300s, uh, Constantine declared Christianity as the religion of the state, I call that the hijacking of religion. And so I'm actually in a series now that I've been in for about a year on Christianity, a hijacked religion from the standpoint of looking at the history. Now I tell people, don't get it twisted, don't get it mixed up. I'm gonna die a believer in a worship of, of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of, uh, of Yahweh. And I'm gonna die a believer in Ben Yahweh, uh, Jesus the Christ. Yeshua, the son of God. However, we have been brainwashed <laughs> and programmed with a Eurocentric theology versus looking at the Afrocentric theology. I like to tell people that the majority of our major religions have their origins in Africa. And the majority of our Bible that we call the King James Bible, it holds our history. And a lot of people I've had this conversation, they call it the white man's Bible. And I tell them that's absurd because there's so much of our history that's preserved. And we, the white man would not have preserved it if it was his Bible. It's just that we have not been taught how to identify um, melanized people throughout the Bible. And so that's my ministry now to, to educate and to move beyond the, the main goal that I grew up in church, uh, regardless of the denomination, is the Christian, is a Christian or uh, Protestant denomination. The, really, the main goal of the preacher was to get people saved. And salvation is just the beginning. And if we never move from that, then we miss out on the, the vast amount of interaction and purpose that God has called us to if we always concentrate on just the salvation. I like to use the analogy, Curtis, that if you were drowning and somebody threw out a, a floating device to save you, you only get saved that one time. You don't keep going back in the water to re-experience that, uh, but you start to live your life different from that point that you were saved. And it, it will never diminish 
the fact that you were saved at that moment. And so I use that analogy in church. Once we've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in our life and received the Holy Spirit uh, in us from that acceptance and that confession, then there's a greater call that he's placed on us. And that's what I like to teach. And that's uh, what, what we, we project. And our motto is we want to change the world one disciple at a time through preaching, teaching, reaching, and then the practical application of the gospel message. So you talked about you were forced to go virtual before COVID. Why was that? A arsonist set the house adjacent to our church on fire. And unfortunately, that fire um, spread to the church and we were unable to uh, save the building. And so uh, the church has been uh, completely demolished and we just have land there uh, with the we actually have a GoFundMe, and so we have the goal of rebuilding. So when COVID uh, has reached its course, that we will be able to once again fellowship in person. Well, let listeners know how we can connect with you. How do we get on that live stream and check out the services and the Bible study? Okay, the Facebook page is Historic Hosanna, H-O-S-A-N-N-A-H missionary baptist church and then the youtube site is hhmbc space augusta uh, that's our youtube channel and then if you can't find it there just look up jeff moffitt on facebook and you can connect with me and from from my page i'll connect you to the church page absolutely now you also are a business owner talk about your company and all the things that your company does Oh, Curtis, I, um, I'm, my parent company is PIIP Incorporated, uh, and that stands for People Investing in People. And that's what God has called me to do, and that's how I came up with that name is what I've, what I've been doing um, pretty much uh, my whole life uh, and purposely since 79 as I accepted my call in the ministry. And so uh, PIIP Inc. is a real estate investment company. And so I invest uh, in rental properties and I've started to do flips. Uh, PII, and then I have a company called PIIP Lawn and Maintenance Service uh, that is a property preservation company. Um, and I'm in the process of opening up a, a PIIP AV and more, which will be a audio video rental company, uh, which will be able to cover anything from a house event to an amphitheater. Sounds like you got a lot going on. Before this interview, you told me that you had something that you would like to share with the listeners. So go ahead and do that. Can you imagine a child so impatient? He couldn't wait for nine months of gestation. Entering the world before his time, scarlet fever, the price of his crime. Doctors, nurses, hospital staff, the extended family on his behalf. From kindergarten to birth, one memory in his mind. Hospital, shots, milk, Christmas is all he can find. Ridiculed, bullied, abused, and abandoned. Ninth grade never completed, yet masters on his mantle. Army, 
the path to a better education. He never expected the crossroads of molestation, God and church, the drugs of his choice, witchcraft and marriage, abused, divorced, love and lies, happiness denied, cancer surprised, yet he's alive. Nine to five, laid off, goodbye, too proud to quit, men don't cry. Off to the war, the answers came, support his family, God's word proclaimed. DNA in the shadow, cancer at the door. Not again, God, we've been here before. Life in the balance, how much can one take? Desires to escape, held up by the weight of the responsibilities on his plate. For those of you thinking, Rev, you're singing to the choir. Well, the purpose of my life is to inspire. So not only are you a pastor, but you're also a poet. How did you get into writing powerful poetry like that? I started writing poetry and quips in high school. And I went from that. I actually have a book, uh, a devotional and a journal online called Conversations with God from the War in Afghanistan. I'm currently working on about five other uh, books. Hopefully two of those will be out this year. This particular uh, um, spoken word actually came from being on Clubhouse, and I'll let you explain to your audience what Clubhouse is, uh, and going in rooms, uh, trying to learn how to hone in on um, business. And so this particular room was about telling your story to convert. And so trying to niche down, as they uh, recommend for us to do, I decided to, I put this together actually this week as my pitch that actually tells my story and will be a precursor to me actually going into some portion of that story as a inspirational speech and not a motivational speech. Yeah, so for those who don't know, Clubhouse is basically audio, audio social media. That's why I met the Rayavet and we were in a room talking about pitching or promoting. So he went up to pitch. And when he pitched, I caught that pitch. And that's how we got him on the show. So the the pitch was the spoken word that I just completed. And that's based off of my life. And my aspiration is to be able to use this pitch as the precursor to a talk then that would inspire, not motivate. Uh, looking at one of the aspects of my life that I went through, whether that was uh, being born premature, scarlet fever at an early age, uh, whether it was the witchcraft in the church, divorce, uh, PTSD, or having cancer, uh, being a cancer survivor twice. Uh, so whatever area that, that um, I would be requested to, to, to inspire in, uh, this then would be the intro into that that um, inspirational speech. So do you have a website? How many social media platforms are you on? I know you said you were on Facebook. Give us all that information so people can connect with you. On For my blog, which holds uh, my digital poetry, it's heartofrevmblogspot.com. I believe that is. I'll pull it up while I'm talking to you. 
Then my regular uh, Facebook, again, is Jeff Moffitt. And Curtis, I'm doing something uh, that some of my colleagues may frown at, and that's uh, looking at the the after the pulpit side of the rev. And so I have a page that I started, but I haven't posted, but but one post on called Not the Rev. And so that's kind of not not the person that's in the pulpit, but this is just Jeff. And so what I've started on there and I'm, I'm working at is doing adult Christian comedy. Uh, and, and so everything, all of our material will come out of the Bible under the auspices of God has a sense of humor. Uh, but we will be looking at things that are really are literally funny. Yet they're they're in the Bible and we don't talk about them in the pulpit nor in our Bible studies uh, because they don't fit the status quo and are considered to be taboo. Okay, so it sounds like you got a lot of things coming up. So as a uh, you have any final thoughts and when you do those thoughts, if there's listeners out there that don't know God, end it with how they can be saved and how they can get to know God. Because I know you do this every Sunday or every time you do a service. So give us some final thoughts and leave us with with that message. All right. I want to speak to anyone who may be going through a challenge. Uh, When we focus on our pain and we are living in a time of pain with COVID-19, social distancing and sheltering in place and uncertainty, but I would like to encourage you to know that when we only focus on our pain, we can't hear nor can we see God's promises because we're looking at our pain. I'd like for you to make the following affirmations. And if you can replay this, then make this affirmation daily uh, in the mornings when you get up and in the evening before you go to bed and watch your life change. I want you to say it out loud with me now as we go through it. Because of the great I am, Jesus is. Because Jesus is, I am. I am an overcomer. I am loved. I am a victor. I am greater than my challenges. I am destined for greatness in God. I am chosen. I'm walking in my divine purpose. I am who God says I am. And for any of you who do not know this God that I'm talking about, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who declared that he is the great I am. It's a simple process. And that process is that if you would confess with your mouth, that means to vocalize it, let those frequencies come out of your mouth. The Lord Jesus, that's his son that he was born of a virgin Mary, that he hung and died on a cross, that he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he arose from the dead with all power in his hands and control. And now has ascended back to heaven with his father. The Bible declares that you are saved. And it's just that simple. You would just pray a simple prayer, ask the Lord to forgive you, that acknowledge that you believe, acknowledge that you have sinned and ask him for directions for the remainder of your life. 
and the Bible declares that you are saved and begin a new journey. And if you need to have further instructions or need further assistance, then you can contact me at our Facebook page, either the church, Historic Hosanna Missionary Baptist Church on Facebook or Jeff Moffitt on Facebook. And I would be glad to walk through this journey, new journey with you. And know if you actually did that right now, that your name has been placed in what is called the Lamb's Book of Life, which means that when you transition through the greatest graduation that any human can have, and that is the graduation from trauma, from pain, from tears, from crying, from this temporal world to life everlasting, that your life everlasting will be spent with those who have made the same confession, but more importantly, with the God that you believe in and the God that you served. This is the Rev, and I pray that you've been inspired. Ladies and gentlemen, the Rev, Jeff Moffat. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Curtis, for having me, and I, I hope this isn't the last time. Greatly appreciate it. Most definitely, and listeners, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.